0: Well, good evening. How are you tonight? Listen, I know some of you are sitting there, and the only thing you can think of is, I'm not done with my Christmas shopping. So, it's okay. CVS is open till 10 tonight. You're going to make it. It's going to be just fine. So... Well, it's an honor to have you here tonight. If you're new to Windover Hills, I'm just glad that you came tonight and that uh, you chose to be a part of, of our Christmas Eve service. Uh, if I don't know you, I'm Tom Raven. I'm the senior uh, pastor here, and uh, I, I'm just excited to have you here. It's one of my favorite services of the year that we do, and we just really get to focus on this event that, like, literally changed history. That is the birth of Jesus and that's what we celebrate. Now, Christmas is a special time period, right? For all of us, it's a special time every year. It's a time where like, we get together, maybe with friends and family, and we're all a little bit nicer, right? Most of the time during Christmas, yeah? Um, we smile a little bit more, right? Maybe not if we're in line at a store, but uh, it's just that kind of year. And, I mean, let's face it, like we receive and give gifts as well. And we kind of like that part, let's be honest, Right? But uh, have you noticed the gifts over the years, I'm 46 now, the gifts keep getting like, better, it seems like, so much more advanced, aren't they? The gifts that we give, uh, they come with a nice dollar uh, tag as well, uh, but they just keep getting kind of uh, better and better. Listen, kids, tonight, look, you can't complain about your gifts, kids, all right? Because if you grew up in like the 50s or 60s, like, your Christmas would have looked totally different. Can I just take you on a little journey of what it might have looked like if you grew up in the '50s or '60s? A great gift might have been this sock monkey, right? I'm serious. Like, like it's a sock that looks like a monkey stuffed, right? I mean, that would have been quite a gift to have. You know, but we moved on, right? It got a little more advanced in the seventies, and we got the Rock'em Sock'em robots. Now I remember this one. Anyone remember that? When I was, I mean, this was advanced technology. This is a big deal. You know, got to fight them up. Um, but we moved on in the eighties. We got Teddy Rupskin, the talking bear. That was amazing. We never seen anything like that. Yeah. And then of course in the nineties we got Furby, and I don't really know what that one was all about, but but it was pretty popular. The two thousands. Listen. People literally tackled each other in the stores, right, for Tickle Me Elmo, right? Some of you have parents. You're like, yeah, I'm confessing. That was me, right? Yeah. And then uh, just last year, for $149.99, you could actually get Let's Rock Elmo, right? Yeah, seriously, it's a real thing. For $150, right, you could get this Elmo, and give him one of three instruments he came with, and he could, like, rock and jam out right along with you, Right? Well, they've come pretty far. I was thinking back to a past Christmas uh, when I was young. One of my greatest memories of a gift that I got was actually uh, one that I used for years. It was my scooter, right? This is an actual picture of me on my scooter, like fifth or sixth grade, you know? And I know some of you, like, kids are going like, man, that thing's awesome, you know? What kind of motor does that thing have? Like, how fast can you get that thing going? Well, there, the motor was my foot, right? And as fast as I could do this... That's as fast as you could get that scooter going. So um, that was a few pounds ago uh, as well. So, but probably the greatest advancement, right, in any type of game or any type of toys would be in the gaming industry, right? It would be in video games. Now, these systems are all amazing. And I have no idea. I'm completely out of the loop on this video game thing. Like, I look at these things, and honestly, they all look incredible to me. The graphics are unbelievable. I was literally, uh, not too long ago, was in one of those game stores, and there was a monitor on the screen, and it was showing some sports. I just thought it was like ESPN showing some sports highlights, but it was actually a game. So these are amazing, right? They've come so far. You want to know kids what your parents played with right when they were growing up can i just show you they probably played with this this thing right here this is the atari some of your parents are like yeah i remember that one right so yeah some of you are jealous you're like can i borrow that so yeah like you grew up playing with this we didn't have 15 buttons to hit right we had one joystick and one lame button on it you know and that kind of thing. And you'll right remember that sometimes the joystick just kind of got stuck in different spots uh, as well. But that's it. Like that's, like, that's what we had. And we played games, I mean, for hours on end, just like you do. Games like this. Centipede, right? Pitfall, you know? Good times. Frogger. And of course, what started it all? Pong. Do you remember Pong? Listen, We played that for hours on end, for hours. Now, listen, I know some of you youngsters out there, you're like looking at this going, those are terrible, you know? But that's what we had. I mean, that is all we knew at the time until the mid-'80s when along came the original Nintendo system. Do you remember this? Listen, this was 8-bit technology. We had no idea what that meant, right? But we just knew that we got this, and man, it was something that we'd never seen before. And so we spent all of our hours playing things like Super Mario Brothers and, um, and Duck Hunt with a little plastic gun and, of course, my favorite RBI baseball uh, that we played quite a bit. Here's the problem, though. The thing hardly ever worked, right? I mean, there was always a problem with it. And we couldn't just like Google you know, the troubleshooting techniques when something didn't work. But listen, adults, did we all know how to do it? Oh, we all knew. <laughs> Stick that right back in. Like we knew. I can't explain to you the science on what that did, but that somehow rearranged all the, the gaming components to make this thing sometimes work again. And we would take it out, and we would put it in, we'd like shove it all the way back and put it down, or maybe shove it just barely in the door, or you put it in and then close it real quick, or maybe you put it in, and just go real slow, and it's going to work, you know? But not often, right? I mean, no matter how hard you tried, when you press the power, like this, this is kind of what you got on the screen, right? Something similar to this, you know? And... And sometimes, I mean, we just froze, and, and we were just stuck there, you know, figuring out what to do. I know with my friends, I'd like, man, we skip school for this. What a bummer. I mean, no, we never skip school, those kids. Listen, when you can't get a clear image like this, I mean, is that not incredibly frustrating? Like, that's super frustrating. You're trying to watch a, a game on Sunday afternoon, and you get this. It's so frustrating. Listen, if we were just talking about video games, right? We would just kind of laugh about it, you know, the, those days, and we'd move on. But here's the thing. This image of, like, unclarity, like having this static, that's actually what many people experience when it comes to what they, how they view God. This type of unclarity. And you might say, look, I just don't have a a clear picture of God. I don't have a way to experience God or find God. I don't have a way to experience, like, what is his purpose for me in life? That's just all so very unclear. And people have been asking, like, from the beginning of time about purpose in life. Who God is? What is his purpose for me? What would he have for me? What does God want? And listen, for many of you, it's not that you don't want clarity. It's just that you don't have it. You're looking for it. Some of you might be single here tonight, and you would like to know, what does God have for my future? Or, or maybe you're married, and that's kind of where your question lies. Or, or maybe for you, it's, it's this big decision coming up at work or in life or financial, or maybe it's with your kids, and you're just looking and asking uh, for clarity. And, and you might say, look, it's not that you haven't tried. Right? Maybe you grew up in church, and maybe you spent a little bit of time reading God's Word and and looking and trying to pray, and and you just hadn't quite figured it out. In the midst of everything you've done, you just say, look, I haven't gotten any clarity. In fact, I've gotten everything but clarity. Plus, can I just state the obvious? Like, even if you wanted to get clarity, I mean, how are you supposed to get a clear picture of an invisible God? Right? I mean... Tell me that. How does that actually work? I mean, we actually see the Bible even says this, that it, John actually writes this. John's one of the disciples of Jesus, and he writes this, no one has ever seen God. And you're saying, like, that's me. Like, like, I get that. I resonate with that. Like, sometimes Christians go around and say things like, God is so real to me, or I just see God so clearly, and you're, like, thinking, explain that. I don't, like, I don't get that when people say that. Listen, if you've ever thought that, like if you've ever thought, I don't have clarity on this issue of seeing God, can I just tell you, listen, you're not alone. You're not alone at all. And I think God may just have someone here tonight that he wants to show you this clear picture of God, who he is, and what he wants for your life. You see, these words of John, That we just read, that's only half the passage. John actually goes on and he's telling us about the Christmas story, but instead of sharing the narrative about Mary and Joseph, like we find in the books of Luke and, and of Matthew, John talks almost exclusively about why Jesus came. Here's what the verse says No one has ever seen God. We just read that. But it goes on to say this, but the one and only Son, Jesus, who is himself God, has made him God, him known. Like, this is a verse that's talking about Jesus' birth. What John is trying to tell us is that the moment Jesus was born, when he came to earth, like, we got a clear picture of who God is and what he wants for our life. Listen to what the book of Colossians says in chapter 1, verse 15. It's written by another follower of Jesus says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. How am I supposed to see this invisible God? What am I, how am I supposed to see what he's like and what he would have for me? The Bible says look to Jesus. That's who we look to, to see this perfect image of God. Another book in the Bible, in the New Testament, is in Hebrews chapter 1, verse Three, and this is all throughout the New Testament, the the, the Christian Bible. Here's what it says The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, and get this, the exact representation of his being. I love that phrase, exact representation. Now, I don't think it means what we sometimes think it means, because we kind of think sometimes somebody says, Man, you look just like your mom. Like, you look just like your dad. Like, I can really tell you guys are brothers. And, like, what do we mean when we say that? Like, we mean, like, you have certain features or there's glimpses or maybe even some mannerisms. We don't think you mean exactly, but not Jesus. Like, we're actually told throughout the New Testament, which is this section of the Bible completely focused on Jesus, we're actually told that Jesus was the exact representation, the exact picture of who God is and what he wants for your life. That's good news. It means this. The miracle of Christmas, God gave us a perfect image of who he is. Listen, could it just be maybe tonight that if you don't have a clear picture of God, like could it be that maybe you've been looking for that picture in the wrong thing, the wrong places, or maybe even in the wrong person? You know, we could Google anything we want, right? Anything you want tonight. You can Google, but Google's not going to show you who God is and what he wants for your life. Your next self-help book is not going to show you who God is and what he wants for your life. Look, Dr. Phil can't help you on this issue. More money's not going to mend that relationship, your marriage, whatever. And listen, kids, you're, you're savvy, right? You can search YouTube all you want, and you're not going to find that perfect video that says this is who God is. My point is this. The clearest picture of God and his purpose for your life, it's found when you look to Jesus, which means this, and this might be convicting or this might be challenging for your thought or maybe your worldview. Unless you're seeking Jesus, you'll never find God. And I wonder, I just wonder if who's in here today where everything just kind of feels like static, it just kind of feels unclear in your life. And you're like, man, I kill it at my work life, but in my personal life, you know, it just feels so unclear. I can't get clarity. I can't get clarity on how God is playing into my life and what he wants, where he's leading me. Maybe you're experiencing it in a relationship or marriage right now, and the future seems so uncertain in this area, you're not even sure where to begin or where to go from here. There's somebody here I know who's probably struggling with anxiety and you can't quite put your finger on what it is, but you just know it's there. It's almost daily. Or maybe you're dealing with something in your past and you can't seem to get past it. This might be the first year for somebody in here that you're actually experiencing this Christmas without that loved one or without that person who you've always experienced it with. And everything around you might just say, I just feel a lack of of clarity, static in my life. You might say, do you need hope? Do you need peace or do you need clarity? And I just want you to know that what we believe in God's word and when we look at it is the only place you'll ever find it is in the person of Jesus. Like that's the place, period. It's the message of Christmas, that God actually sent Jesus to be this clear picture of who he is and what he wants for your life. I love how John 3:16 so cleverly sums this all up and it's why it's such a popular verse. And you might know it whether you're new to church tonight or not. For God so loved the world, he loved you, he loves me, that he gave his one and only son. That's the sacrifice that whoever, that's you, no matter your past, no matter who you are, where you're at, everyone, whoever believes in him, would not perish, but would have everlasting life, life in Christ, clarity in Jesus. Christmas is a story of God sending hope from heaven. Christmas is a story of Jesus allowing us to actually see and experience God fully. But that only happens when you put your trust in Jesus. Jesus. You make him a center of your life. And I want you to know that, that at this church, that's our whole mission of the church. Like, that's our whole mission is really to point you and your family to Jesus, to help you experience who Jesus is and what he is all about. And if you don't have a church home or if church is kind of sporadic to you or, or this thing about Jesus is kind of sporadic, I'm going to challenge you to make a change in your life in 2020. Get plugged into a local church somewhere that can teach you and point you and show you Jesus more clearly. Decide you're going to open up that Bible and say, I'm going to get in there. Whether you're really familiar with those pages or you're saying, man, that book is so foreign to me. Just open up, flip through, find a book that's called the book of Mark and then the book of Luke and just start reading about Jesus. Jesus is can be a great priority for you this year in 2020. And you'll see a difference in your clarity of who God is and what he wants. We'd love to help you in that area. Many churches would love to help you point to Jesus. We'd love to show you Jesus in 2020. Why? Because it's so clear to us and what we've experienced. Jesus is the clearest picture of who God is and what he wants for your life. Do you mind if I just pray for you on that? Would you bow with me? Father, I think you look down sometimes and we're running around and we're looking for clarity and we're looking for understanding and we're looking to connect with you and we're trying to find it and grasp in so many areas. And I think your heart is always shouting, you'll find it in my son, you'll find it in Jesus. And Lord, sometimes we hear it and we we go for short periods of times, or sometimes we hear it and we ignore, or sometimes we just keep our ears kind of clogged up and don't hear it at all. Father, could this be a night we just hear it clearly? Your son, Jesus, come to earth at this this time of year that we celebrate. And Father, I pray, even if it's just one person here, that they'll walk out of here tonight and this would be a night where they'd say, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to pursue that that Jesus thing he was talking about. I want to know about Jesus. I want the clear view of God through Christ. Lord, lead us in that direction. Thank you for a holiday to celebrate the glory of the incarnation, you coming to earth. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Can you please get me with the